The Warriors All 82 podcast and the Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Hey, Jason, did you know the best Warriors and Kings uh, ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? No, I didn't. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into Kings and Warriors games. You can see 50 turnovers combined. I mean, that's fun stuff. Oh, yeah. season. No, yeah. NBA season high for turnovers at that. You can't miss that. The app is simple, <laughs> quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast and Throne Room Breakdown, a little combo edition, Northern California edition. Um, how are you? How are you, Jason Jones? We'll probably have to do this four times this year, and the first one was very memorable. You have a box score in front of you? It's yeah, somewhat historic box score. Uh, 29 turnovers for the Kings. That's the most turnovers by any team in the NBA this season, and somehow they won by 21 points. Um, the first team since 2004 to turn it over that many times and win. The first team since 1999 to turn it over that many times and win by 20 or more points. Uh, since the Suns, Suns Bulls back in the day, uh, was the box score I found where it happened. Um, Penny Hardaway was on the Suns that night. Oh, uh, God, that's like... Bi- <laughs> Fred, Fred Hoiberg was on the Bulls. Fred Hoiberg was still playing basketball then and... Wow. Ooh, wow. This is really going back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They keep this box score. Frame this box score. <laughs> I really don't want to remember seeing a lot of that, so I don't know if I'll frame this or... Do you, did the Kings play well, in your opinion? I mean, like, they won. They beat the Warriors 100-79. to uh, You know, and I know the Warriors are bad, but pretty much every any 20-point win in the NBA, you consider a good win. But, I mean, 29 turnovers, that's wild. They played well enough. I mean, the war. I mean, this is another team. You can't do that. Can't have twenty nine turnovers and win. But given the way the Kings, you know, you just blew a sixteen point game <laughs> lead to the Knicks. It a week, a little more a week ago, you had a nine point lead with a minute to fifty, and you lost that game too. So, really, with them, even though they won by twenty one, I don't think they felt very comfortable until about halfway through the fourth. They're like, okay, they're not going to come back on us this time. Yeah, um, I mean, the Warriors had 21 turnovers themselves. Uh, Bad ones, too, you know. At least, to me, the Kings were more of, like, out of aggression. Um, Mm. The Warriors had some strange ones. D'Angelo Russell's kind of just been tossing the ball around a little bit. He's, like, throwing the ball just in the first row. Sometimes it's miscommunication. You had maybe the uh, low-light turnover of the season where you see Draymond Green, he's on a fast break. It was like a... Like he's trying to throw the ball at the backboard. To Glenn Robinson or something? I don't know what it – there were like four people there, two from each team. It was – Did he think he had like prime Vince Carter or Tracy McGrady like in an all-star game or something? That was weird. That looks like one of those, you know what, what the hell, we're probably not going to win anyway. Let me try to get on sports center type plays because I have no idea what he was doing. Yeah, and the strange thing is, like, Draymond Green, like, rightly is, like, very frustrated with this season, and it's such an anti-Draymond season, and he kind of has to, like, neuter his, like, uh, you know, emotional uh, ferocity because he can't just yell at these young guys loss after loss when they're going to lose regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, he's, like, just not playing well either. He's part of the problem. He's clearly, like, halfway there mentally tonight. 
Um, yeah, I mean and, that to me that whole off the backboard thing, and he had a couple of passes where it's like, yeah, he's ready to get, go ahead and get home. It's just, it doesn't. He didn't look like he was fully checked in this, and I really can't blame him. I think he's probably figuring, you know what? Let me just survive this season, make sure I don't get hurt, and let's get everybody back next year because this year is not going to be much of anything for him. No, but it, but it's been even worse um, than expected. It's been kind of like a weird. Uh, you know, roller coaster, whatever you want to call it, where obviously you have the disastrous start that culminates in the Curry break in the hand, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, this season completely tossed it away. But then they became this like kind of like fun, scrappy team that was like beat the Blazers at home, was like uh, stayed with the Celtics, was like you know they were very competitive continuously night after night, even when they weren't winning with only eight or nine guys. Then suddenly they started to get a bunch of bodies back. They've gotten back to 13. Tonight they had 11. Uh, and, you know, some of their main guys, D'Angelo Russell, all-star last year. Draymond Green, previous all-star. Yet they've gotten worse. They're regressing. They lost, like, I understand that the Warriors record tells you that they're the worst team in the NBA right now. But, like, you, I mean, if you just looked at their talent on the floor, considering, like, if Draymond was playing to his capabilities, if mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell looked like D'Angelo Russell, didn't just only take nine shots and make two. Like, it should, like, the talent discrepancy isn't what we saw. Right. I mean, I always tell people about the Warriors when I watch them play. Yeah, they have a bad record, but they shouldn't be this this uncompetitive on so many nights. I mean, the Kings are better than them right now, but the Kings should not be commit 29 turnovers and win by 21 points. Yeah. And and still never feel like, you know, we're going to be threatened. I know when they made their run in the first half, Luke didn't call a timeout just trying to see maybe the guys will figure it out this time. And I think if you're playing a team that's, you know, engaged and, playing well there's no way Luke leaves them out there that long to let the league get down that low but it probably figured you know what I'm not gonna have a lot of games where I can do this with them let them figure it out tonight I mean yeah that's you know you're looking at the, I mean, I'm watching out there D'Angelo Russell Willie Cauley Stein's not a horrible NBA player well, Glenn Robinson's not a horrible NBA player they shouldn't, shouldn't be at least yeah shouldn't be and you should <laughs> there's no way you watch this I'm watching that team and think they should be this bad I want to talk to you about Cauley Stein Um, You know, you covered him his first four years in the league. Um, Warriors fans were pretty excited when they got him. And, and like, honestly, they thought he was coming to a much different situation Mm -hmm. where it was going to be Steph Curry creating the lobs, um, eventually a Klay Thompson spreading the floor. D'Angelo Russell is a great pick-and-roll partner. He's got D'Angelo back. But, obviously, you know, everyone's been in and out of the lineup. Collie Stein missed all of preseason in the first few games of the foot strain. That kind of set him back. But, um, overall, even though it's – been a very unideal situation for him uh he's been disappointing um do you i, I don't know how much, i mean have you monitored how he's been this season at all i keep tabs on it just because i i, yeah. I, I live in vallejo so i yeah. get a lot of warrior games on tv so i get that i get to watch him you know a little bit and will i call it willie being willie <laughs> There's going to be nights where you watch Will and you go, wow, this guy's really, really good. There's going to be nights where it looks like Willie's ready to go home. And it's he's just real up. That was his whole time in Sacramento. I mean, last season he had 18 rebounds in one game. Next re- game he had zero. <laughs> then he had nine the next game. So it's like, hey, you're averaging nine a game over your last three. Too bad you had a zero in the middle. And you, you look at him and say, how was a guy that big, that athletic, that skilled, play an entire game at seven feet tall and get zero rebounds? But he would have games like that all the time where, you know, he one day you're like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then the next day you're like, okay, get him off the court because he's played 20 minutes. He has four points, five rebounds, four fouls. But when he's at his best, he can pretty he can do anything when he's at his best. Yeah, the weird thing is that in 
I've always heard that about his days in Sacramento from guys like you, you know, who cover the team on a daily basis. And I can remember him having big nights against the Warriors. He had some some good games. The problem is there really hasn't been that many highlight nights for him. I'd say, let's say he's played at this point about 20 games. Maybe two of them have been solid, um, which, you know, again, he's kind of one of those pieces where the surrounding talent matters. Yeah. Um, you know, he needs to get set up for a lot of his mm. points. Um, so that's probably a lot to do with it, but I don't know. I mean, it's interesting with him having a player option coming up. Just uh, it's 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 been just disappointing in almost every part of the roster for yeah, the Warriors. He, yeah, season. he thought he would have better players around him. I think that's why he was so excited when I talked to him in the summer about it. He just figured, hey, I'm gonna have Steph, I'm gonna have Draymond, I'm gonna be able to show everybody what a good defensive player I can be. Offensively, I'll have all these great looks doesn't have all that around him and he's kind of you know in a lot of ways when you watch him play it's like the Sacramento version of Willie and you just kind of say okay I see a flash here see a flash there but there's not a whole lot there and one thing about him in Sacramento was that he played his best against big name guys like he'd come out ready to play against the Lakers or against Joel Embiid but then there would be nights you know maybe a game like this one you look on the other side you see Rashawn Holmes starting that's not a big name and then you get kind of a ho-hum effort from him yeah for sure uh, King side of this, they're where are they at right now? Uh, they're trying to figure it out. I mean, they start the year zero and five. You lose Marvin Bagley after one game. They haven't had De'Aaron Fox for over a month, so they're just kind of in that figure it out. Let's tread water till we get everyone back and then see what we have. They should have De'Aaron back if not Tuesday, definitely by the end of the week on the road trip. They just got Marvin back. He's been back with three games now. He's coming off the bench, and he's playing center. And, and Luke said the reason he's doing that is because they figured rather than make him learn the four and the five right now, just throw him in the second unit, let him be the you know, the center. And that was one of the plans with him anyway, was that when they would go small, he would be a small ball center. And before Dwayne Detman fell out the rotation, they had st- or actually when he fell out the rotation, they started using the Manu Bielitsa as a small ball center, which is great for offense, bad for defense. But... You know, I think they're they're just kind of still figuring it out. I mean, they have nights where you say, "Wow, they can be a playoff team." You know, they go down to Dallas and beat Dallas. They beat Houston on a you know on a buzzer beater, but then they go home and they blow a sixteen point lead to the Knicks. It's sitting there for them because people who maybe just following a little casually early in the season may just think, you know, the West is the West, loaded as ever, uh, but it's not. You know, no. it took forty eight wins to get in. The eight seed last year, the Clippers, I believe, were 48 uh, when they played the Warriors. Right now, um, you know, things starting today, like the Kings, the Thunder, and the Suns were all down there in that 7-8 range at like 11-14. and 14. Kings now 12-14. and 14. And, you know, the Warriors are not going to be climbing, obviously. The Pelicans have lost 12 in a row. And that, that was a team people thought might be like a frisky contender. The Spurs look terrible. Like, you know, what's what's it going to take to get into the West playoffs, you think, at the eight? Like, maybe t- like 41 like i feel like a 500 team or maybe even just a little bit below 500 might get into the west playoffs at this rate i think 40 might get in yeah. i mean you're just looking at it i mean i don't know what portland's going to do they keep losing guys team. you know and i going into the year i figured i had the kings at nine or ten just because i figured that the teams you see right now at the top i didn't think dallas would jump up, jump up i think they'll still probably i think they'll fall back a little especially if luke is going to be out for some time but even still i I would have never guessed that it would be like a 40-win team could get in. But this year, I think 40 could do it. I mean, they're right there with Phoenix, uh, Minnesota, 
Yeah, and I mean, the Thunder don't want to be there, and they might trade off pieces, and then suddenly they fall off. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be their form, and I think they've they've done enough while De'Aaron and Marvin have been out to stay right there. The one thing they didn't want to do is, you know, end up with, like, a Pelicans record while those guys are out, then try to climb back. I think if you get everyone back, you know, seven, eight's right there form. If they can just keep everyone together, keep getting better, and, you know, start stop blowing some of these leads. I mean, there's two games they had if they play hard and focused – the end of the game, there's at least two more wins off the top of my head today they should have. But, you know, this is what teams like them do. They're kind of middle on the road, still finding themselves, no all-stars. They're still trying to figure things out. So I think once they get guys back, Buddy will be better because Buddy won't have to force shots as much. He'll have guys around him. Then that'll kind of put guys back in place. They'll probably have some bumps figuring out how where guys fit now. But it's right there for them. It's funny, if, if Steph's hand injury wasn't so bad – um, you know, it's like really mangled and this, you know, he's going to end up missing like three months at least with, mm-hmm. with like a really bad broken hand that had to get pins in it and you get a second surgery to get him removed. Like if it was just the normal one that would have been like the 68 weaker, like it's not out of the question. Like if Steph's suddenly back in the lineup tomorrow or, you know, late December, like it could line up for like, Hey, you can maybe make a run to that very weak eight spot. Um, but the fact that he's out. You throw the Warriors away. Again, you can throw a couple of these other teams away. I think you can throw the Pelicans away yeah, I, at this I, I point. Never ha- I never had them in. I just said that team is too young, and how do a bunch of young guys who couldn't win with LeBron go to a team without a, a superstar and all of a sudden become playoff players? I mean, Lonzo hadn't proved he could stay healthy. He hasn't stayed healthy. They haven't had Zion all year, and I'd, I'd be shocked. If they, I mean, what's the purpose of him playing him at this point? No, I mean, he hasn't even, like, gotten to basketball activities yet either. So he, he seems a little bit away. Um, but, you know, every team has their own, I guess, like, st- storyline. Where as far as the Warriors go, if you take the emotion out of it, the having to deal with it on a daily basis, for Joe Lacob to have to sit here and watch the Kings just smack uh, the Warriors <laughs> a days after the Grizzlies did it, the Kings came in, or, or the Knicks came in here and did it. Like, that part is tough. But at the same time, the Warriors know, lose all the, you know, the more losses, the better this year. There's no pressure in the organization to make the playoffs. They're going to get the lottery pick. Everyone kind of knows that story of the Warriors. From the Kings side of things, year one, Luke Walton, you have the young core, but also you have a franchise that hasn't been in the playoffs in so long. Like, How much pressure is there, you think, on this Kings core and Luke Walton to, you know, especially if the eight seed is there for the taking, to actually squeak in this year? I think the way the season's shaping up, the pressure uh, increases because before the year you would have said Lakers, Clippers – Probably Portland, San Antonio, Nuggets, no, yeah, Nuggets, Jazz, Jazz, Jazz. Kind of yeah, Jazz, Rockets. You would have thought, you know, you would have just assumed until assumed the Spurs, and and even from my point of view, I think I thought if the Warriors would have had a healthy Steph with the pieces they added, you have Draymond, they're in the mix still. So you you go into the year before saying, you know what, we just want to get better, you know, we want to see where we are at the end, but the way it's shaping up now. You kind of figure, hey, we were ninth last year. We should be eighth. At the, at the least get in there and play one of the L.A. teams in the first round. So I think the way this is playing out, there's going to be more pressure on them. And last year, when they had pressure, they went 9-16 and 16 after the break. So <laughs> we want to see how, if they can handle that now, knowing that people are going to expect them to, to be a, a better team. As opposed to last year, they were the, the fun surprise. The, hey, let's watch them on League Pass. They're so much fun. Yeah. You know, now and, and the, the money's starting to kind of increase. Obviously, the Buddy Heald extension. Um, they spent this summer. I didn't really like their summer overall, money-wise. I don't know. A lot of people didn't like their summer. I mean, people were uh, – The, the sec- Ariza deal doesn't look great right now. 
Well, that, that's someone's better than the Deadman deal right now. Yeah. I mean, at least Ariza's playing. <laughs> you know, you gave Deadman three years, $40 million, and he hasn't played in. He's been off the, off the rotation for, what, about a week now. And <laughs> he yeah, went from right. your starting center to playing about 10 minutes a game to not playing at all. And that's, what, $12, 13000000 million a year for that. So, you know, a lot – I mean, they really thought their summer was about just getting vets to supplement these young guys. And I thought, why are you going to throw money – you're just throwing money around to fill out, the, fill out cap space, and which is what they ended up doing. So I think the Corey Joseph signing and the Rashawn Holmes signings have been great. And Yeah. I mean, the Barnes extension – you know, it's, I don't like him at that number, but like he just, you know, he's he just gives them thirty whatever minutes every night. It's it's pretty sturdy. Yeah, I mean, you you know, he gives you fifteen points, you you a few rebounds, a few assists, you know, some defense. He's just like such the default average player. Like in the, I feel like he is the NBA's like default average wing. Like if you created a player on two K, and and it was like, are you you gave him all average settings? Like he does everything. Average. Yeah, I mean, and that's what kind of made this whole stretch before without uh, Fox and Bagley so weird because he became their go-to guy because he was the guy they could put on the block and you know he was the one guy who could draw fouls. But and so it was frustrating for people. They would say, "Well, how come he's not scoring more?" I'm like, outside of those years in Dallas where you know he was getting the ball a lot, Harris has never been a guy where you'd say he's only get you get you 25 a night. No. Yeah. So I mean, it's just you know. That was a move they felt they had to make to keep that to keep what they thought was going to be their 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 core solid, and they didn't want to try to go out and get another guy to play the three. So to them, that was like the guys don't go there, you know. Yeah, I mean, you have to overpay in Sacramento. I think you do, but then I mean, but you got to over be smart with the overpay. Yeah, you know, I I don't think the Harrison's deal was was horrible for them. You know, that Deadman deal is looking like okay. What were you thinking? Yeah, you can't have a non-rotation player, you know, sopping up twelve. Yeah, million. yeah, and, that, and that's you know, and the guy you got for for two and ten is your starting center now. So I mean, yeah, it's like you make take one step forward, one step back. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of just how things have always gone for them. And really, you probably can't if you want to get off a of debt and deal. You probably can't move it till next year. Yeah. Yeah, and that's tough to move. You probably have to attach a pick, and then yeah. you're losing an asset. Yeah, and then even them, you know, even if you you attach a pick, it's not like there are you no. Know, Clippers or the Rockets, where that pick is going to be in the twenties, that's going to be a that would be a decent pick. So you don't really want to give a pick away. So you may, you know you kind of keep Dwayne around and say, well, maybe someone sprains an ankle, we got to play him again. But that doesn't, you know, there there were people who really felt they overspent this summer, and that move right there is the one where everyone's going. See, we could have told y'all, you know, back in July, you were giving a guy who played about twenty something minutes a game starter money. But they felt like they had to get a center who could spread the floor and shoot. And what they got now was Rashawn Holmes, who pretty much does everything they wanted Willie to do in Sacramento: set picks, you know, roll to the basket, get putbacks. But do it with just like more, you know, nightly energy. Yeah, just yeah, just do it consistently. I mean, you pretty much know for the most part with Rashawn, you'll get 10, 12 points, eight rebounds, a couple of a block or two without fail. And that's all they wanted from Willie last year was just, hey, can we can. Can we count on you to do something consistently? But Willie would be like, Monday night, yeah. Wednesday night, maybe. Friday night, no. <laughs> Where are the Kings got going next? Uh, going to Charlotte, Indiana, and Memphis to finish out the trip. They got to get at least two of those. You, you would, yeah, at least two. I mean, Indiana. I mean, to me, Nate McMillan's got to be close to somewhere coach of the year because I keep on forgetting they don't have Oladipo back yet, and they're and they're still winning games. 
Yeah, no, they are. Um, but that's not an unwinnable game for the Kings. I mean, look, if, if you're saying they're going to go 2-1, and one, you're thinking it's going to be Charlotte and Memphis. But, you know, it's not out of the question to win in Indianapolis. To me, a, a team that seems to be rising, a team that's going to get Fox back soon, like, they win two of those three. They should win. I mean, I, I'm big on not saying they should because I know this team, and when it, just when I think they're turned the corner, <laughs> they're going to take a step back. But if they play with the intensity, focus, over the course of an entire game, I will say they should at least get two, and Indiana's not impossible. They should want to get Charlotte back for embarrassing them on their home court. You know, and Memphis is not a, a game where they can win. They'll have a couple of days off on the road, so after they get De'Aaron back, they have some practice time to kind of get him worked in. If he doesn't play, Charlotte, I think he's going to play against Charlotte from everything I've heard and seen from him. I mean, he's in the practice facility Friday night, Duncan. So I think, he, I think he'll be back. Yeah. Um, Warriors... You know, it's a very light week for them. They only have two games. They got two days off, then they go to Portland, a team they've already beat, but, you know, they'll obviously be underdogs uh, in Portland. Then two more days off, and then they got the Pelicans um, in here, and the Pelicans have lost 12 in a row. Uh, so I would say the Warriors, that, that could be a get-right game for them, but I thought the Knicks was a get-right game for them. <laughs> off t- 10 straight losses, they mm-hmm. lost that. I thought the Grizzlies in here were. They were off. They were like 1-9 in their previous 10. They beat the, the Warriors, so... I mean, they gotta get a they gotta get a win at some point um, before this. They've had such a soft schedule the last few weeks and have still been taking losses. This thing is going to, you know, kind of toughen up even more. Where like wins, even when you play solidly, are gonna be tough to come by. And then, man, they're really gonna start racking them up, including Christmas, the marquee game, uh, Houston Rockets. How many points do you think James Harden wants to put on? just the Warriors brand on Christmas Day to the national audience. Even if it's not the Warriors he's used to going against, he's going to love to be facing the I Warriors. Think I think he wants at least 70. Why not? It's just because I think I feel sorry for some of those guys. I feel like they're taking the lumps for what Steph and Clay and KD did to, to, to the people for years. You know, They're like, you know what? I don't know who you are, Damian Lee. But, but I see you, what your jersey <laughs> says. You're going to take this. Draymond, you're still here. You're going to take this for all the shit you talked to us <laughs> for the last five years. You're going to get this. Yeah, I mean, the, the Harden Christmas Day. It's interesting because I think it sets up to where, like, Harden and Westbrook, you got to remember, a guy that the Warriors tortured for years is going to yeah. come in here. Like, they are going to be extremely motivated to try to embarrass the Warriors at home on Christmas Day in front of, you know, the world watching. Um, but at the same time, I feel like... If there's one night in the next couple months that you think Draymond Green might be motivated for, I can see him in that locker room going, hey, you guys can suck on Friday. You can suck the game before this, but like we are not letting James Harden put 60 in Chase Center on us. Uh, so I don't know. Like That's probably the only game in the next like couple weeks that I actually am like mildly intrigued to see uh, what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I think, too, uh, the, the Rockets have be- are quickly becoming the league's most annoying team between their protest and bringing up what they could have done in 2018 if this got – we're sick of it. <laughs> so I, I, I think on that, on that day, no matter how what the Warriors' record is, America will be pulling for them just because I think the Rockets are so annoying right now. It's all interesting. All right, Jason, appreciate you uh, coming on. Combo podcast. Uh, we'll probably do it again next time. Kings Warriors. When is that next year? I have no idea. I know it's next month, but... Like, okay, you're right. I think it's early January in Sacramento. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it's not like the Kings are circling this game like they were before, but I take that back. I'm pretty sure Vivek Ranadive is circling this game just because it's the Warriors, and he doesn't care what the <laughs> what the Warriors look like. 
anytime he beats the Warriors, he's very happy. So I think he 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 knows when it is. Yeah, uh, and the Warriors have suddenly become uh, important wins for teams that or have playoff aspirations that might be sitting around five hundred. You need to bank those. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't give up. And especially with the Kings, they lost at home to the Knicks already. They lost at home to Chicago. They lost at home to Charlotte. They're like, we can't lose to the we can't can't lose to the Warriors three or four times now. Warriors five and twenty three, uh, still at the bottom of the NBA standings. I will talk to you probably from Portland.